If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We're momming today with Amy Caulfield, the host of Good Day Orlando, news anchor for 20 years on Fox 35 <laughs> Orlando. And Amy is the person responsible for me having a third child. Oh, because no, Amy, you are. You are. Because, you know, and I think I think listeners will get to know Amy in this conversation. But, you know, everything is bright and bubbly and perfect in, in Amy's world. Really. I mean, she's just that that person. She just makes it seem seamless. And she has three children. And I was struggling with one child. I'm like, oh, my God, I know I want two, have two, still struggling. I'm like, do I want three? (laughs) I reached out to you and you were like, just go for it. And here are all the tips that you need to know (laughs) about how much it's going to be terrible. But you'll like it in the end. So thanks. I remember that. Oh my gosh, Lauren, I will never forget that when you sent me that message and I was like, oh Lord, what do I tell her? Do I be like brutally honest? Do I go somewhere down the middle? Do I make it seem like it's like peaches and cream? I was like, uh, I I felt like I went down the middle. You know what what I say to most, no, you were good. You were good. Uh, What I say to most people who ask me now, I say, if you're thinking about having a third, I believe this is what you told me. That means you want one because it's, it's. (laughs) A lot of people know, okay, I'm done at two, and they know, which is how I feel now about a number four. There won't be a number four. But if you're debating the next child, that means you probably should have it. Yeah, I agree. And there, I mean, there's no regrets. You know what I mean? It's like you, it, I, you always think, and I know I did after the first child, I was like, oh, well, I love the second child as much as I love the first. And of course you do, right? Your heart just grows exponentially each time you have another one. So it, it, there's always enough love in the heart for if you're, it's just more like, if there enough money in the bank? Is there enough, like, you know, patience? Is there enough room in the car? Is there enough patience? Oh my God. The car, the house, the every, everything. Um, and if you follow Amy on social media, you're really good at this, like really, really good at this. Amy is the type of person who can post in a way where it's frequent but not annoying and <laughs> it's happy but not perfect. So I feel like I see really natural um, moments in your life, in your family's life. And I, I feel like I'm there with you, but it's never off-putting. Like, you know, you see those influencer posts and you're like, okay, that is so not how real life is. You just, with all the you, filters. Yeah. you come across perfectly, Amy. Everyone should be oh. like Amy. Oh, you're so sweet, Lauren. I want to adopt you. You can be my fourth kid. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be, I'll be well-behaved and clean <laughs> and neat. Um, I, I do want to ask you though, about something not so positive that recently happened to you. Um, you were diagnosed with breast cancer. Yes. Um, yeah. It's been a long summer. Yeah. What happened? So I'll take you back actually to October of last year. My sister um, called me. She's two years older than I am. So my sister is 51 and I'm 49. Um, she called me in October of last year to let me know that she found a lump 
um, it was on her mammogram that she uh, was going to go for a biopsy. And less than two weeks later, she called with the results and she had very thankfully early stage breast cancer. Um, she opted to do a lumpectomy. She did that. And then she had to do, um, some radiation treatments, but no chemo because they did find it early. And I remember at the time thinking, and we talked about it with my mom, that there was really no family history. We, um, we had a a cousin, um, that we knew had had it many years before that. Um, but you know, my mom, my grandmothers, neither of them had breast cancer. So it was kind of a startling, like, oh, my sister has it. Like, this is odd, you know, is there um, maybe a genetic connection? So I talked to my doctor and I um, did the genetic testing and the doctor was like, there's no genetic link. Um, there's no BRCA gene. Uh, we don't see anything like that in anywhere in your, um, in your genetics, which by the way, if anybody's considering doing the genetic testing, it's very simple. You just spit into a tube. They send it away to a lab. Many insurance companies will cover it. So that was nice. Um, and so I'll be honest, Lauren, I wasn't worried. And, and I think I just thought that my sister getting it was a fluke, right? I'm like, this is just a weird kind of one-off thing. Um, and I, I was not in a hurry to get my mammogram. Um, I was just kind of like, oh, my mammogram was due in April of this year. And I thought I'll wait till April. Now, my doctor did tell me that he would like me to do um, an MRI uh, breast exam, which is where it's kind of a weird thing. You're like laying in, you know, if you ever had an MRI before, you're in the tube, Mm -hmm. but you're laying face down and your breasts are basically in, uh, gosh, it's kind of like, it's almost like a massage table, right? So, you know, when you laid flat on a massage table face down, so it's kind of like that, but your arms are stretched out in front of you. It's just a really awkward position. But the doctor had recommended that for me. And I thought, oh, okay, I'll do it maybe eventually, but I'll just wait till my mammogram. Can I just butt in for for one second, Amy? Was there an Mm -hmm. ultrasound? Okay. So here's where it gets interesting, Lauren. So I go in to do my mammogram in April, but mind you, two days before. Okay, so it's basically I was on I was on fight mode because I had done a, a charity event for pediatric cancer, and when I got home um, that day, um, my breast was itchy. Like literally, I was just like I scratched it, and I was like, oh, I feel a lump, and it felt like a hard pee um, on the right side. So I immediately call my doctor who was already like, oh, I thought you were going to go get your mammogram. I was like, oh, yeah, about that. So um, I was due anyway. It was my one year April. And so I went to get my mammogram. So here's where it gets scary, Lauren. So I do the mammogram and the tech tells me that it's clean. Uh, There was nothing found on the mammogram. So then I go into another room. Um, They're like, okay, well, since you feel something, we'll do an ultrasound. So I go into the second room to do the ultrasound. And that's when she's like, okay, now I can see it. Oh my gosh, Lauren, when I tell you I have learned so much about dense breast tissue over these last uh, few months, it is crazy. So I knew I had dense breast tissue, but I didn't know that that means that the mammogram has a really hard time Uh, looking through your breast tissue. And I had a doctor put it to me this way. She said that when a mammogram tries to read breast tissue of somebody who has dense breasts, it's like trying to find a polar bear in a snowstorm. Mm, Oh, God. Isn't that crazy? Well, I I have to always get, I I don't know the age cutoff. It might be 45, it might be 50. But here in New York, you have to do a mammo and an ultrasound at the same time. Because most younger 40s have very dense breasts. Yes. 
It tends to be women who have like a low body mass index, right? So maybe you're kind of thin. So there's not a lot of fatty tissue in your breast. Um, Quite frankly, I just don't have breasts anymore after (laughs) breastfeeding three children, but okay. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Lauren. I used to say all the time that my breasts were so small that I would totally know if I had breast cancer because I can feel everything, right? Like. I mean, I'm not the best about doing the self-exams, but I could definitely feel everything or, and see everything in there. So so it was shocking to me to find that lump. But um, but what was scary to me was when she told me the breast, uh, the mammogram was clean. I was like, what if those lumps were there last year and I just didn't know it, right? I mean, because you think, well, how long could they have been there? And I just happened to notice that. And here's the other thing, Lauren, if I hadn't felt the lump, I probably would not have done the ultrasound. So then it would have gotten even bigger, you know? So that itch that you have uh, saved your life. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I like to, uh, I say maybe it was like a little God tap, you know, like a little tap on your shoulder, like, hey, you might want to check this out. You know, this doesn't look normal. And thankfully, um, I had a great doctor who um, really pushed me quickly through the system. I um, I was lucky to get my mammogram two days later and then the ultrasound, you know, right away. I was lucky to get a biopsy pretty quickly. When I originally called to get the biopsy, uh, they were like, oh, we can get you in in a month. Ugh. Can you imagine how excruciating to wait a month? And that's just to get the biopsy. Then once they take the tissue out, how long does it take to get the results? That could be uh, you know, another week or two. And for some women it is, you know, it's a, it's a long process. So just, I think the waiting is just the worst part. You just worrying the whole time, you know, you have been so vocal about all this, especially with viewers and in the community. And I want, I want to talk about that outreach when we're momming today continues right after this. Hey folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's list, your go-to home services marketplace for getting all your jobs done. Well, Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. We are back on We're Momming Today with Amy Caulfelt. Um, Amy, the, the way you're talking and we're laughing, it seems like this was no big deal, but this <laughs> this diagnosis was a huge deal. Yeah, it was so scary. Lauren, I think that um, not in a million years would I have ever imagined um, that 
I would have breast cancer. I can't tell you how many breast cancer events I have emceed over the years, whether it's the Making Strides or the Susan G. Komen or the, I mean, I, I, I've done so many of them. And I always thought, you know, I just thought it, that won't happen to me. Yep. And I think it was such a huge realization of why not me, right? What makes me think that I'm different or special or, you know, there there are no exceptions. One in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer. That means if you sit down at a table with eight of your girlfriends, one of you will get it. And, and those are startling numbers, one in eight. I mean, it's really shocking. And then to know that women who have dense breast tissue, which is 50% of all women, um, are even more likely to get breast cancer. Um, it's really scary stuff. I always said, why not me? Because I, I don't have time for cancer. And I got a mammogram and an ultrasound. And um, they, they found a, um, a lump. And I, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to freak out. I didn't, I didn't vocalize it to anybody. I'm like, I'm just going to go back for the biopsy. And then my doctor called me and she said, wait, wait, wait. When did you get your COVID booster shot? And we did the math and she's like, okay, do you remember which arm? I was like, honestly, I don't because I got my booster and my flu shot on the same day. So it was one in each arm. Fortunately, I went back to the pharmacy where I had gotten the booster and she took notes and I actually forget which arm, but the arm where the lump was, that side was where I got the COVID booster. I was like, so I was, my fingers were crossed because why not me? I mean, just because I say I don't have time for cancer doesn't mean cancer doesn't have time for me. But it was this this scary moment where it's like, wow, okay, I was late on getting my mammogram. Um, you know, I always dismiss this stuff because we're running around all the time. And it, w- it was so eye-opening. And if I look in my life at that time, one of my good friends, um, she had just turned 40. And she had gotten her first ever mammogram. And she had the gene. She, they did a double mastectomy. You know, she was going through the whole story with me, and I was like, "Oh my goodness!" And then I heard basically that same exact story from a coworker, and I was like, "It comes in threes. It comes in threes. And I was, I was so nervous, and I was part of their stories, and it, it was chilling. So I guess my message to people would be: they're saying space out your your booster shots, uh, yeah. six months from your mammogram. It, it's six months instead of three. And I'm so glad you brought that up, Lauren, because, you know, people will still be getting boosters. You know, we've got the new booster coming out. And um, and and I think that, you know, a lot of women either, you know, we're busy. Maybe you're not always paying attention to the news or or nobody told you. And so you didn't realize that that was a possibility. But, um, you know, the lymph nodes, too, that's another big issue, because a lot of times, you know, when you get these flu shots or the um, COVID shot, you might um, have your might swell. Right. And that always kind of freaks people out, too. it's, it really boils down to a couple things. Knowledge is key because I could not believe how many viewers that I heard from when I shared my story who had no idea uh, that mammograms do not see well into dense breast tissue. Um, they just, you know, there is a law in Florida, it actually passed in 2018, that requires the radiologist or the doctor to tell you that you have dense breast tissue. But the only way to know you have it is to have a mammogram, right? So a lot of women won't go in for their first mammogram until they're 40. And how many women, you know, see that little line on the bottom of their results, you know, they come in the mail, or maybe they send you send it to you in a portal. And it says, you know, FYI, you have dense breast tissue, but your mammogram was clean. I mean, are you really going to ask for the ultrasound? Are you really going to ask for additional screening? And I think that 
for me, knowing what I know now, even if your insurance company doesn't want to pay for it, I think I would pay it out of pocket or figure out a way to get it covered because it's just not worth the risk. Because if you wait a whole nother year, which a lot of women do for your next screening, you know, think about what can happen in that amount of time. How did you tell your kids? Oh, that was hard, Lauren. So um, I sat the girls. I have two older girls. One is um, 17 and one is 15. And then I have a, a boy who is 11. And I sat them down separately because I didn't, you know, I didn't want to give the same explanation I gave to the girls that I gave to my little guy. So, um, but I sat them down and it was hard to tell them because I knew immediately where their heads would go, which was oh my gosh, what does this mean for us, right? You know, of course they're worried about mom, but they're teenagers, so they're worried about themselves. And and they immediately were like, oh, does this mean we're gonna get it? What, what does this mean for our future? And so I wanted to temper that with, um, you know, that it, I think it was still kind of a fluke that that uh, me and their aunt had both gotten it, um, so such close proximity. But it's just a matter of really being aware and careful and doing your testing and going for your follow-ups and your screenings. You can't neglect your own body. And oh my gosh, Lauren, I tell you what, the whole being your own health advocate is huge because if you don't push, right, uh, it's not going to happen. You're going to have to be the person that says when they when the doctor gives you pushback and they say, I don't think you need an ultrasound because, you know, there's no you know, family history or there's, we don't see anything on the mammogram. You have to be the one that pushes and says, you know what, that's just not comforting enough for me. I, I'd like to get it done. That's important because I am that person who hates the doctor and the dentist. So I just like rush to get that like check mark so I can just yeah. leave. Yeah. Like yeah, I said, I don't have time for problems. Um, and, and maybe follow-up questions and being your own health advocate is, even if it's scary, is is beneficial in the end. Yeah, it's so true. And I think you you bring up such a good point about being in a hurry because I've always been that way, right? I, I go, I do the mammogram, even through COVID, I did it. I know a lot of women kind of skipped out on it because they were nervous about going into a doctor's office. Um, but I, I really never gave it much more thought than just like I checked off that box. I did what I was supposed to do. And I think that I'm hoping, you know, that in the future that there will be a change. And I'm glad New York um, requires women to do the ultrasound. I, you well. know, I have to look into it. I just want to have I might have misspoken. My doctor definitely requires it. And my insurance company did pay for it. I, I don't know if it's state law, but my doctor I live in New Jersey. My doctor's in New York and she made it seem like that's how it was. But honestly, I, I, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Great. And honestly, Lauren, that's a great thing because it's not even though in law in Florida, you they are by law required to tell you you have dense breast tissue. That's kind of where it stops. So then it's up to you to say, OK, I have this. And it's crazy when you think that half of all women have it. So at, to me, it just seems odd that the mammogram is the first line of defense when in reality, maybe the ultrasound is, is a better option for some women. Now, now that I've had, I did have a double mastectomy. Um, you did. And I, yes. So I went ahead and did a double. So, so what happened was, is I kind of got sidetracked on my original um, diagnosis, but when I did the biopsy, um, they took the tissue out. They're like, yes, you have breast cancer in your right breast. 
Then I went and did the MRI that I was describing, which was the weird one where you're kind of like laying on a massage table, you know, face down. Once the MRI results came in, and this was scary, Lauren. So they send the results right to you without an explanation. So as I'm reading the results, um, I see that they found the MRI spotted some things on the left side that it didn't like. There were a couple spots on the top of my left breast, and then there was a spot below my left breast. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what does that mean? You know, you immediately think you pay panic and you think the worst. So then um, they sent me in to do another biopsy, this time on the left side. So, you know, it kind of stunk because everything was so spaced out. Mm-hmm. And they took a tissue sample. I love this. So I had, I, I loved my radiologist to stay. So he's like, okay, he's like, I'm going to take the tissue sample out. And he's like, when I do, I'm going to drop it in this little tube. And he goes, if it floats, it's fat. But if it sinks, that means it's something else. And I was like, okay. So I watch him take out the tissue and he drops it in this tube and it sinks right to the bottom. And I'm like, oh crap, that can't be good, right? It's not fat. You know, what is it? And sure enough, it, there was cancer on both sides. So that was, you know, ultimately my decision to do the double mastectomy. I had um, early stage cancer on both the right and the left breast. One on the right side, it was on the top of my breast. On the left side, it was on the bottom. I did not feel it on the left side. And the radiologist is like, you know, trying to get me to see if I could feel it. So that's why the self-exam is great, but you're not always going to feel it. And um, that's why I was like, well, there's no point in, you know, doing two lumpectomies. I would look really lumpy. So (laughs) I was like, let's just get rid of all this tissue. And so we did that. And then I did what's called delayed immediate reconstruction. So one week after my first surgery, I went in and you'll love the story. So um, I love my plastic surgeon, super nice guy. So I go in and, you know, you're disrobed and my robe is open. And, um, you know, he's looking at my breasts and he hands me this giant like implant. And he's like, okay, he's like, these are, you know, I have this great selection of implants, whatever, you know, we have everything you can imagine, right? And here I am like super small chested. And and I'm just kind of like, oh my gosh, he's gonna not be very happy with me when I tell him I wanna stay the same size. So I was like, oh, I really just wanna stay the same size I am now. And he looked at me and he goes, oh, I don't have anything that small. He was like, I'd have to special order something. For you. I'm like, really? Oh, so wait, so did he order it or, or did you up a couple of sizes? <laughs> okay, so I, I'll just be honest with you. I upgraded a little bit. He goes, would you be okay with being like a, like a, like a, maybe a medium size B? He was like, you know, we can be like a small B or a medium B. Would you be okay with that? Which gives you an indication of how small I was before. So uh, he was like, do you want to upgrade to a B? And I was like, all right, I'll be a B. So you don't have to special order something for me. So anyway, yeah. So I ended up upgrading to a B, but can I tell you, they're not all they're cracked up to be. I, I really, would not have, yeah, I wouldn't have done this to myself if uh, I didn't have to. They were able to save your nipple, Amy? <laughs> Yes. I'm glad you asked about that. So because I caught the cancer early, um, I was a candidate for what is called a nipple sparing double mastectomy. And that also meant I did not have to put in tissue expanders. So a lot of women um, will, and some women opt to get rid of their nipples, right? Because they're like, oh, that's just one more thing. I don't have to worry about the cancer coming back in in my nipple. Because in many cases, the cancer um, starts in a milk duct. Um, which was my case on the right side. It, it was ductal cancer. So, um, but yes, I was able to save my nipples. If they, if you can't save your nipples, then they put in what are called tissue expanders and then they delay your reconstruction. And I've heard that the tissue expanders can be really uncomfortable and in some cases painful. <sighs> so I'm glad I didn't have to do that. I did have to uh, wear drains post-surgery because I'd had those two surgeries back to back. So the drains, um, they, they call them octopus arms. They come, they're like attached um 
kind of underneath your armpits and they come out to the sides. And so every day, twice a day, you have to drain your drains. And I had those in for 25 days, which was very long and not fun because, you know, you can't really shower like normal and you can't, I couldn't wash my hair and I couldn't, there's so many things you can't do. Mobility. I mean, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I know my, my friend um, who did the double mastectomy, she's like, I pride myself on being in great shape. I work out all the time. I don't have really any fat on me. (laughs) And she's like, this is the worst possible time to be in good shape because her plastic surgeon couldn't find any like tissue from any part of her body to use. Yeah, that's I'm glad you brought that up because they do a lot of cases. and, And that's part of the reason maybe why I'm not, you know, crazy about the implants is because you can see every wrinkle in them. So, and I have another girlfriend just like yours who, um, had the same procedure at a similar time, but she was able to do fat grafting. And so they were able to take fat from, you know, kind of her stomach, I guess, kind of similar to what they do with liposuction and then move the fat up to her breasts. But I'm kind of, I'm kind of a skinny gal. And so, yeah, yeah. So they can do that. Which, although I don't know, it's like when it's careful what you wish for, because she ended up with a lot of bruising and it, mm. you know, it's not, it's just not, none of it's fun. It's all yucky. But you handled it. You're through it. Everyone's good. Yes. Yes. And you don't want to do it again. <laughs> I don't want to do it again. So, um, so the other thing they do is once they take all the tissue out, they send it to a lab in California and they bring back what is called an onco score. And this is a score of zero to 100. Um, anything that's 25 or over, you have to do chemo and radiation. Um, I came in at an 18. And so I was very, very lucky that I caught it early. Um, my onco score was low. My cancer was not aggressive. So that's the other thing too. There's so there's like a gazillion different kinds of breast cancer, right? And so some women have what's called triple negative or HER2 positive. And, and some of those cancers are more aggressive. And so if even if you catch it early, they still want to do chemo and radiation. But mine was not aggressive. So I got lucky and I did not have to do that. So just the surgeries and, and then that's it. And then now it's just being really proactive and careful. I know my, my um, uncle uh, is uh, a breast cancer oncologist and he's the head of this foundation called Lean On Me in, in Long Island, New York. And um, I just went to one of his fundraisers, the first one they had in three years because of COVID. And when you hear these women's stories, you know, everything you said sounds awful. I, I couldn't imagine going through that. But then you keep saying, but I was lucky, but I was lucky, but I was lucky because there's so many different stages. Um, I mean, yeah, <laughs> chemo. It's true. The it's, cancer it's coming shocking. back. It's just, I know. It's shocking, Lauren. And I think that was the other thing I didn't realize. I just sort of thought everybody had, you know, the same kind, breast cancer as breast cancer. And once you go through it and um, what kind of breast cancer you have, knowing that and, you know, the odds of it coming back, all of that is such important information, knowing if you have, if there's a genetic link, because, you know, some women uh, don't have breast cancer, but they have the BRCA gene. So they just opt to have their breasts removed just out of sheer, you know, caution to make sure that they don't get it. Um, but it is, it's crazy, all the different types. And um, I met a woman in the grocery store the other day. Gosh, this has been one thing that's really been um, fascinating for me is just how many people walk up to you and just say, hey, you know, I'm a survivor too. And this gal, um, she was such a sweetheart. She's actually from New York, New Jersey, but she moved down here not too long ago. And she's a three-time breast cancer survivor. Oh. And 
in remission right now, but three times, Lauren, can you imagine? No. I mean, it's just so, I, I hope that, you know, I pray, um, cause I'm a faithful person. I pray that I'll be done after this and that I don't have to go through this again, but for all of the women that do and have to go through chemo and hair loss and radiation treatments, God bless them because that is a hard road. You are, um, the perfect face for this journey for a lot of women. Thank you for coming out with your story, Amy, and sharing it with us. Love you so much. Thank you for allowing me to share it. And I really hope that it helps someone else. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.